The Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show is proudly brought to you by the Hoosier Basketball Academy. Want to improve your game and be an elite athlete? Hoosier Basketball Academy, located in the heart of Hoosier Hysteria, provides an excellent opportunity for student-athletes to improve their basketball skills. Their goal at Hoosier Basketball Academy is to provide an opportunity for young athletes to reach their full potential and allow them to compete at the highest level. Using their training model, they believe a solid foundation of fundamentals and muscle memory training is critical for the development of elite basketball players. This can only be achieved if you are mentally tough, have a strong work ethic, and are willing to sacrifice countless hours needed to be the best you can be. The Hoosier Basketball Academy offers high-intensity basketball training focusing on small groups and individual attention needed to improve your game, as well as specialized training and drills done at game speed to push you to your limits and improve overall physical conditioning. One of HBA's goals is to improve the skills and abilities of each player trained by focusing on ball handling, proper shooting mechanics, speed, agility, and footwork allowing you to take your game to the next level. This training is for players that are serious about improving their skills. Hard work pays off and gives you the competitive edge in practice that carries over to games against your biggest rivals. In addition to offering training, HBA fields highly competitive travel teams with many teams quali qualifying for nationals each year. Visit HBAElite.com for more info. Be elite and train to be the best. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Live, Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Today I am joined by 1961 co-Mr. Basketball, Tom Van Arsdale, who's going to share him and his brother's story with us today. And uh, Mr. Van Arsdale, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I know you got a busy schedule, and I know he's got some beautiful, uh, chilly weather out there in the Arizona area, and thank you for spending some time with us. Thanks, Billy. I'm looking forward to it, and you know, I'm inside where it's air-conditioned. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> um, when did, both you and Dick, when did you first get introduced to the game, and, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, where you were born and raised. Well, we, we were born actually in Greenwood, Indiana, in a hospital in Indianapolis, but we lived in Greenwood, Indiana, which is, well, at that time, it was about 10, 15 miles south of Indianapolis. It was just a little town of about 2,500 people, and uh, we started playing basketball. Our grandfather built a, a little goal in the backyard, put a post in the ground, put a basket, uh, backboard on it. And then we just played on the grass, and when the grass wore out, it became a dirt court. And we were probably third or fourth graders when that happened. And uh, we played a lot. We we enjoyed it. And then when we got into the fifth grade, uh, our grade school had a fifth, sixth grade team, and Dick and I played on that fifth and sixth grade team, and that was our first competitive basketball. Now, were both of you pretty tall at that at that time period? We were we were always taller than the rest of the students in the class, but we didn't have. You know, we grew gradually, so we'd go from like five five to five seven to five nine. By the time we got to the eighth grade, I think we were about almost six feet tall. And then high school, we got up to six three, six four, and then eventually to six five. But it was a gradual growth. It wasn't like getting a twelve inch spurt in one year. 
so at that time in Indiana, high school basketball, that was really the golden age. Well, I think it was. Um, we we were influenced a lot by Indiana University's basketball teams and the, when they won that championship in 1953 with Schlunt and Leonard and Farley and Kroc and Scott and all those guys, we would watch every one of those games on TV. So we grew up watching that. Uh, so when they won that NCAA tournament in 1953, we would have been 10 years old. Um, and then and then along came Attics, Indianapolis Attics, and uh, we would go see see uh, Manual High School play because our dad was a teacher at Manual High School in Indianapolis, and we saw Crispus Attics play with Bob Jewell, Hallie Bryant, and that gang, and everybody thought Hallie Bryant was nobody could be any better than Hallie Bryant. And then along came Oscar Robertson. And so Oscar became our idol. Um, he, he, was, he was just fantastic to watch. And we, we grew up watching Christmas Addicts, and they became our, I don't know, our guiding light. I mean, we just fell in love with, it, with Addicts basketball. And uh, we used to go up and play at the... Uh, uh, YMCA right there on Indiana Avenue with all, all the guys from Attic. So uh, Oscar to this day is still our idol. You know, I, I'm probably jumping ahead of myself, and I don't even know if I want to ask this question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Uh, Oscar, a lot of people don't know, were, was very pivotal, too, for, for the actual like Players Association in the NBA. Am I correct? Oh, I didn't hear what you said he was. He was what? He was like a pivotal in um, you know, making sure that... You know, oh, yeah, now I understand. Oscar was one of those guys, you know, he was the star, but he always tried to help everybody else. And uh, actually, he and Bob Cousy were kind of the ringleaders of developing the pension plan for the retired players. And Oscar, he was a great leader. He stood up for the other players, um, continued to be part of the Players Association. In fact, I was on the players Associ- retired players association board for a while, but Oscar was. If it weren't for Oscar and Bob Cousy, we probably wouldn't have the pension plans that we have today. Very nice. Uh, now, did you guys have both have instant success once you uh, arrived at Manual? And was basketball the only sport you played? No, Dick and I. We went through the eighth grade at Greenwood uh, Grade School, and then we actually had to pay uh, pay. Um, money to go to Manual High School because we transferred from Greenwood to Manual because our dad was teaching up there. So we had to pay to go to high school, which was kind of unusual at that time. But as freshmen, uh, you know, Dick and I really didn't know how good we were because we'd been playing in the county and we were going up to the big city and we thought these guys are probably pretty good. But we got on the freshman team and we found out we were pretty good and we won the city championship that year on the freshman team. And at the end, about the end of the season, uh, Coach Dick Cummins, who was the high school basketball coach, took Dick and me up to the varsity, and we got to play, uh, take the floor with the varsity when they played in the sectional tournament. And uh, then the next year, our sophomore year, we both started. So we started for three years at Manual. So it was pretty – Cummins, Coach Cummins had seen us play in grade school. He knew, he knew what our potential was, and so he was – a great mentor for us, had a lot of confidence in us. So we did really well from day one at manual in basketball. And how about baseball? I think were both of you pitchers? No. Uh, 
I was a pitcher, Dick was an outfielder, and we played two years of baseball, and we played freshman football, and we ran track. We ran track for four years. In fact, our dad was a retired track coach, so that was a we loved track. We quit playing football after our first year because we knew we wanted to play basketball, and the two don't mix that well. And baseball, we couldn't do baseball and track at the same time. We liked track more, so we gave up baseball in favor of track. So we were we played all four sports our first year up there. It give all the listeners a, an idea of what was the atmosphere like when you'd play at your home gym at Manual. Well, you know it's interesting, Billy, because. I just pulled out some old tape. Coach Cummins died a few years ago, and he gave me some film of the high school games. Mm-hmm. And we put them, we, we had them, we, we just got them put on DVDs, and I've got the Southport game from 1961 that I haven't watched yet. Uh, the state championship game was kind of grainy and not very easy to see. But I just looked at some of the photos on the cover of the, of the DVD, and the gym at Manual was always packed. The cheerleaders were fantastic. Fans were fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of hard to realize when you're playing how great it was. And now as I look back, I am so disappointed that Indiana has gone to the class system because I think the way we played where everybody was all in the same deal, I think it drew more people to the gymnasiums. There was more enthusiasm because they knew that, uh, you know, that was it. There was there was, there was nothing but one class. So I, I'm really. But that's kind of beside the topic. I, I the, the the atmosphere at the Manual Gymnasium was fantastic. And it was packed every every game we played. It was packed. Did you guys travel a lot in your uh, on your varsity years there at Manual, or did you uh, uh, just mainly uh, the IPS schools in the area? We traveled some. Mostly it was in the county, but we went to uh, New Albany to play. Um, I, I don't think we went to Terre Haute. We've stayed mostly in the county. Uh, we didn't get outside the county very much. So it, they were, you know, if you play across city, you take a maybe a half hour, forty five minute bus ride. But that was about it. Was there a particular place you liked to play away from home, or a particular place that you oh, didn't like to play? Oh yeah, that's always the case. Okay. Hey, I love Butler Field House. Butler Fieldhouse, to me, is the quintessential gymnasium even today. And Dick and I still go to a Butler game every year. We've got a friend, John Walters, who is a Butler guy, and he takes us to a game every year. And, it's boy, is it exciting to get back in that gym. But there were some courts that were really hard. I didn't like the Southport gym. Uh, I didn't. Some floors are really hard, and that was what made the Butler floor so nice. It was a raised floor, and it was very springy. The manual floor was nice. Um, you know, it's been so long that I really kind of forget which ones I liked and which ones I didn't. But, uh, you know, I do remember Southport and I do remember Butler. Yeah. Well, you know, on every show I try to get uh, my guest to say the words broad ripple. So uh, I don't know uh, what you oh. – <laughs> Well, you know box. what? You know what? I can't – I know – we played – yeah, we played in broad ripple. I can't even remember – who was on the team right now in ninth, in the in the fifty eight sixty one era? But I do remember it was pretty small, and and Broad Ripple, as I remember, didn't have real strong teams the years that Dick and I played at Manual. But they had some guys that played on their basketball team that played on the baseball team that beat us in the little league uh, tournament, 
and I can't remember what those guys' names are, but <laughs> they they beat us. We and we would run track out there too. And Broad Ripple usually had pretty good track teams. Now we know with the, the the strong tournament run you guys made your senior year, but any success your you guys a sophomore and junior year in the tournament? Our sophomore year. I can't remember. I think maybe Southport beat us, but I'm not sure. We, so our junior year is the year we started doing pretty well. We went to the we won the sectional in Southport. We went to the regional in Indianapolis. We played Tech in the final game. That's when they had Mel Garland, and Mel used Mel played for Purdue, and Mel Mel uh, died a few years ago. But somebody fouled Mel in the last seconds, and they beat us on it two free throw shots by Mel Garland. So we, we didn't get past the regional. Our senior year, we obviously went to the finals and got beat in the final game. What was it like, you know, growing up as a twin, you guys? Were you guys always kind of, uh, uh, were you always competing against each other or, or was it the opposite? Oh, my God, we almost killed each other. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? We play... We'd get in one-on-one games in the backyard, and we would go at it every day. And Mom would call us to come in for dinner, and we'd say, look, we can't come. We're in the middle of a game. <laughs> and then we, then maybe I'd get up. I, you know, we'd play the best out of three. And if I, if I won two-to-one, Dick would say, okay, we've got to play one more. And we just went on and on and on. Then when we got to high school, or actually when we started playing on, on organized teams, we, we – we were competitive from the standpoint that if one one of us had a good game and the other one had a bad game, well, the one that would have the bad game would say, darn it, I didn't have a good game. My brother had a good game in the last game, so I've got to have a good game. So we played off of each other that way. But there was a difference between playing one-on-one in the backyard where we were really getting mad at each other and getting fights as opposed to when we started playing organized ball and we would just more compete more mentally than anything else. And did that change, or did that stay the same when you guys played professionally and got the hookup and play each other? Oh, God, we hated playing against each other. <laughs> uh, I mean, we played against each other for 11 years until I played my last year with Dick and the Phoenix Suns, and we had coaches who knew we did not want to guard each other, and some of them honored that wish and some didn't. And... Uh, Dick and I always had a rule because he, a lot of times he would play guard and I would play forward. So, you know, there were a lot of games we didn't have to guard each other, but I had a coach in Cincinnati, Bob Cousy. His philosophy was that I knew Dick's moves better than anybody else. So he put me on Dick and I said, coach, I don't want to guard Dick. He said, no, you're, I don't care what you want. You're going to guard him. So I had to guard him. (laughs) So we had this unwritten rule that if, he went up for a jump shot. I wouldn't block his jump shot, and he wouldn't block my jump shot. And there was no way you were going to tell Bob Cousy no. Oh, no. We kind of faked it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in watching Indiana win the national championship and, and, uh, and, and going through at, at manual, was it, a, was, it a, was it a given that you guys had decided a while back that if you could, you would have gone to Indiana University? <clears throat> yes. Um, we obviously got letters from all over the country. Um, Branch McCracken didn't even have to recruit us. I mean, we told him, we told him Branch were coming. Now we got, we had Adolph Rupp came up and sat in our living room, our you know after our senior year. Oh wow! And said, Guys, we want you, 
you know, we want you to come down to Kentucky and play. And, you know, we, we told him, we said, well, we'll consider it. And then, of course, uh, Purdue had us up, and Butler Butler uh, had us up. And uh, my, our dad went to Wabash College over in Crawfordsville, so dad wanted us out of courtesy to go over and look at the, at the Wabash program, which we did. But Dick and I, we wouldn't we wouldn't have gone any place else. I mean, we got. I I was talking to Keith Erickson yesterday. Now Keith played on the UCLA national championship team with Gail Goodrich and first and Johnny Wooden was their coach and all that. And so we were talking about because Keith Erickson and Dick and I and Goodrich and a bunch of us were all the same year. Bill Bradley, Billy Cunningham, John McLaughlin. We were all, all came out the same year. Uh, Jerry Sloan. So. Keith and I were talking about, well, what if all of us would have gone to the same school? Wow. You know, that wouldn't have been very good. But having said that, if we did get a letter from UCLA, but Johnny wouldn't never really, I don't think he even called us. I told Keith, I said, Keith, if Dick and I would have gone to UCLA, I don't think it would have worked because we'd had all these guys fighting for the same position. and not a, But we we thought about what would have happened if that would have happened. And then it, and then Bill Bradley at Princeton, you know, and I talked to Bill about a month ago, and I said, Bill, my gosh, how did you ever score 56 points against Wichita State in 1965 in the consolation game of the uh, NCAA tournament? And back then, there were only 16 teams winning right. the tournament. Uh-oh. Okay, there. You there? Tom? Go ahead and continue about uh, uh, Bill Bradley scored how many points? Bill Bradley uh, played in the consolation game in the NCAA tournament in 1965, and he scored 56 points against Wichita State. And I think I went on to say, you know, Bill Bill wasn't all that fast or quick and couldn't jump, but he was a heck of a player. And I said to him, I said, Bill, that's I don't I never scored 56 points. And uh, he said, well, he said the defense wasn't very good, so he was nice about it, but. That was kind of a little side conversation. So uh, I think we were talking about why Dick and I chose Indiana, and we did have – I don't know how many letters we got from all over the country, but we never considered any other school other than Indiana University and Branch McCracken. And was that – when did you guys make your choice, your senior year? Before the end of the basketball no, season? We we had decided – from probably our sophomore year that we were going to go to Indiana. <laughs> but we, you know, we didn't get, we didn't start getting letters, I think, till our junior year. And uh, we, you know, I don't know what the rules were for recruiting back then, but we didn't talk to any of these guys until, you know, I think our latter, latter part or after our senior year. And then we got calls from everybody. And we just told all of them, we said, you know, we're, we're not interested in coming to your school and look around where we want to go to Indiana University. Can you can, can you give us a um, like a recap of what your thoughts were of the state championship game that you guys lost in overtime and and if things would have happened different do you think you guys would have won? Oh yeah, yeah. I I I remember that game. I remember the last part of it very well. The first thing I remember is how I felt going out on the floor that evening to play Kokomo, and you know. Back then, it was like the, the, the lighting in Butler Fieldhouse is kind of orangish, kind of 
kind of opaquey, and it's not a real bright light, and so you get this mood when you go in there. And then back then, it was packed. I mean, it was packed, packed, packed. And uh, you take the floor, and it's like running on a sponge. But I just felt like I felt like I was in a dream. I said, I've wanted this for so long. Dick and I used to, we used to dream about playing in that tournament, and we would worry about whether we would ever be good enough to get there to play. Because the year before, we went to see the final game, and Manual High School, the Manual High School team had seats almost in the very top row. And that's when Ron Bonham was playing with Muncie and all that. And we looked down. We could hardly see the players. It was so far down there. <laughs> so the next year to be going out on that floor was, I tell you, Billy, it, it's, an, it's a very nice feeling. And then you get out there and you think, well, you know, once the, once the game starts, you just play like you always did. But I remember specifically that uh, we, we weren't hitting our jump shots as well as we should have. Uh, we lost the game in, in uh, overtime, as you probably remember. I fouled out of the game, uh, and then Dick missed a shot at the end to almost win it or tie it. I, I forget some of that, but we, we should have – we should have won the game. We didn't. We had like a seven-point lead with a minute to go, and it's just one of those things. Um, we had some. We had some inexperience that caused us some trouble. But uh, I just remember how disappointed I was after we lost. And, and I've got a real good friend who was on that team, on the Kokomo team, named Babe Pryor. Babe was one of the players, one of the starting players on that team, and I've. Over the years, have become very good friends with Babe, and Babe will say to me, he "said You guys, you guys were better than we were." Now, if he told that to uh, Ronnie Hughes or Richie Scott or uh, if Goose Ligon was still alive, they'd probably say, "Oh, Babe, you're crazy." But I honestly believe that uh, we had a better team, but we didn't win. So you know, I can make all the excuses I want to, but it, but it won't bring it back. I'm I'm disappointed we didn't win it, but it hasn't ruined my life. It did ruin my coach's life, and I think it ruined my dad's life. Uh, our high school coach could not get over the fact that we lost that game, and neither could my dad. And 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 what and, do you what do you and, and and continue on about that? What and what do you mean? I mean, did your basketball coach not go on to to further his career? Well, he went on as a counselor at a high school in Indianapolis. But every time I would talk to him, he had heart issues. He had, wow. I think he had some depression, and I would visit him every once in a while. He would always talk about the game. He could not get over it. He couldn't let it go. And dad, my dad died of, uh, my dad was very depressed, I think by nature, but this even caused him to be more depressed. And he finally died of, you know, just hardening the arteries and at, at age 73. But he died a very unhappy man. So, you know, it's people don't realize how seriously we in Indiana take our basketball. Oh, I mean, it's definitely. You know, I, I think it's a real treasure for Indiana, a real treasure, and that's why I'm. I really am. I'm so upset that they don't have a single class system anymore. Do you think that'll ever be fixed, or do you think we're just going to have to live with what we got? I don't know anything about the dynamics of who runs it in the yeah. IHSA, but I think. You know, I think it's just shame. You know, there have been so many consolidations now. I mean, you take some of these county schools, they'll have five schools consolidate, and they're big. I can't think of anybody that I know who played 
that wouldn't want to have had it the same way. Play one class, you're all together. Milan wins the tournament. Plymouth won it with Scott Skiles. I mean, there are teams that win that tournament that come from small towns. It only takes one or two good players to win the state tournament. And I just think it's, I think it's ruined the whole aura of Indiana basketball, high school basketball. I agree. Um, yeah. So, so the, you guys being down didn't last long because where were you guys when you got the phone call that you were chosen as co-Indiana uh, uh, Mr. Basketballs? Well, as I remember, Billy, we were at our house in Greenwood, and one of our one of our best friends is Bill Shover, who used to he worked for the Indianapolis Star News, and he ran he was in charge of the Indiana Kentucky All Star Series for the Indianapolis Star News, and I'm pretty sure he called mom, and told mom that Dick and I had been selected as Mr. Basketballs. And did you have to keep that a secret for a little while? No. Not nope. that I not that I remember. I don't remember that we did. We might have had to keep it a secret until he published it in the newspaper, but I'm not sure. Now you got you guys were of course on the same team, and there were a couple of Kokomo Wildcats that were on the All Star team that year, also, right? <clears throat> well, um, they didn't have a number two, I guess, because we were one and one. Uh, Ronnie Hughes was next after Dick, and he was a guard on the Kokomo team, and Richie Scott was a forward on that Kokomo team. He was the next. So the top four players were all from either Manuel or Kokomo. And and how did you guys get along with that uh, 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 practicing, the, the Indiana All-Star practices before you got to play your games? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know, you know, as I remember, Billy, we got along very well. I think we had a cohesive group. I don't remember much about – I don't think Richie Scott's heart was in it, as I remember. I think he was more of a baseball player and – cared more about baseball. I could be wrong. I think that Ronnie Hughes was probably very disappointed that he wasn't Mr. Basketball because they did win the tournament. Uh, he played very well, and uh, I think he was disappointed. And then he went on and played at, at Purdue. But we got along. I don't remember that there was any animosity whatsoever in uh, among the players. Now, you guys lost the first game to Kentucky, right? No, we won the first one in Louisville. And the stat line and the stat line to that is just amazing, by the way. Oh, it is? Yeah, well, I, your guys' stat line with um, um, how many rebounds you pulled down and your brother pulled down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I forget all that stuff, Billy. Yeah. You yeah. know, in, in, the, in the game that you uh, beat Kentucky, I mean, uh, uh, your brother had 26, you had 26, yeah, each of you, 8 for 11 from the line, 8 for 12 from the line, and almost 50% from the field. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, you, uh, oh you were – Oh, my God. Yeah. So, and then well, – uh, you know, our statistics through high school and, and college and professional are, are, are so amazing how close they are. It's almost hard to believe. Yeah. Even in the pros and even in college. I mean, we were separated. and We played three years at Indiana, and – Total points were separated by 12 points. 12 My total points goodness. over three years. Yeah. And, and what is it, about 300 or 400 points in the NBA, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm sure so, I, I'm sure Dick lets you know. Well, I, I can handle him, Billy. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm the alpha. I'm the alpha. I tell him what to do. <laughs> so, what was the experience? What was the All Star experience like? Did you enjoy it, or was was it kind of fun? Uh, was it? Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, the, the high school all star fun. Oh, it was so much fun. We you know we practiced and we 
we'd have all these appearances. We'd have to make it hospitals, and we'd eat together. And my mom had all the whole team down to Greenwood. She she made a fried chicken dinner for the whole team, and those guys will never forget that. So we just we had a great time. I mean, making the Indiana All Star team was a highlight. That was just wonderful. Um. So you've, you've, you've Mr. Basketballs, you've played in the All-Star game. It's, it's time to go to Bloomington. How, of, yeah. course, of course, you could only play on, on the freshman basketball team, but uh, did, you, did you guys both feel like you made the right decision when you got there? And, and how was playing freshman basketball, and were you chomping at the bit to get to the varsity? Well, I, you know, we didn't think much about it because every school had to do the same thing. Right. I mean, uh, we worked hard. We played intramural game. We played against each other before the varsity games, and then we finally got to end up playing the varsity at the end. And the story there is we were beating them, and Branch took Dick and me out of the game, so he let the varsity win. <laughs> uh, but that's what everybody says, you know. And it it, it did kind of work that way, but uh, it was kind of a law. Lo- it's kind of a lost year, you know. There's, but in a way, it's good, I think, because we. We were very serious students, and, you know, this is a new experience going to college and going to these classes. And I mean, we studied hard in high school, but college is a whole new aura, and we hit the books very hard, so probably in a way it was good. You know, Billy, this whole attitude about young guys coming in now, I mean, I wouldn't have been ready mentally to play on the on the varsity level that first year, I don't think. But I think if I had the mentality that these guys have today, they the whole attitude has changed. They think they can come in and play, and that's half of being able to accomplish what you want to do. So, uh, uh, the, the next year we had a we had a decent year with Bollard and Rail. The third year we had a terrible year. I don't know why. And then in the last year we had a great year. But Michigan, and we got beat out of the Big Ten tournament, uh, never did get to play in the NCAA tournament. One of the things we had going against us was Indiana University was on probation in every sport from 1960 to 1964 because of football recruiting violations. So, I, I mean, I think about this. If players today were coming out and they knew, they knew that a college program was on probation for the next three years or four years, would they go to that school? Right. No, they wouldn't do it. Dick and I didn't care. We wanted to go. And John McLaughlin did the same thing. We all went to that school because we loved it. Steve Redenball, Al Harden, all these guys who could have gone someplace else, they went there. So in Siena, got a, we got a really rough deal there because it really hurt recruiting. How are you going to get players to come to Indiana if you got three years of probation? So the only year we could compete in any tournament was our senior year. And the first tournament we played in was in Memphis, Tennessee. It was a four-team tournament. Memphis, us, I forget who the other two teams were. We wiped everybody out. In the last game, we beat Memphis State in the finals. And Dick and I and John McLaughlin didn't miss one shot the whole game. Wow. It was pretty amazing. Where, where, so, yeah, go ahead. So, you know... Uh, sometimes I think about what happened, what could have happened, but all in all, Billy, I'm very happy with my career in basketball. Dick is too. Sure. We wish, you know, Dick played against the Boston Celtics in 1976, 
finally in, a, in, a, in the world championship, and the Celtics beat them. And they got robbed out of the game in Boston because Richie, Richie Phillips had, was supposed to call a technical. Uh, I won't even go into this, Billy, because I'll get too upset. <laughs> anyway, you know, you, you, the old adage is you can't look back. <laughs> yeah, and you know, most people that I interview uh, have that same feeling that, you know, if, if – you know, if what I went, if I didn't, I didn't, what, what I went through, I grew through and it, it all turned out yeah. to be fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, where were some of the, what was Coach McCracken's practices like and what was he like as a man? Well, he was very personable. He acted like he was tough. He'd yell at us a lot, but we, he was a great guy. Uh, he believed in run, 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 run. Fast break, fast break, fast break, fast break, which I liked and Dick liked and all of us liked it. Uh, his senior year, he put us into a zone defense where it almost killed us because we tried to press the whole game. But everybody loved Branch. Dick and I were sick one time. We were in our room at the SAE house, and it was like during the week, and we were trying to get well so we could play that weekend. He came over to the fraternity house. Walked up the stairs to our third third floor room with a sack of orange juice and apples and bananas to try to get us to feel better. You know, give us some good food. He was just a great. He was a great guy. He was a character. He was like a Norman Rockwell character. And uh, I have nothing bad to say about Branch. Only good things. So you, your next step, both of you guys, were you guys nervous about your next step after gradu- graduating from Indiana University? Um, uh, did, were you kind of um, sad about possibly going different paths, or um, how did you look forward to that? Well, quite honestly, we were so naive, we hardly knew what the process was. Uh, we we knew we'd probably have to go to different teams, and that, that really didn't bother us because we knew how tough it was going to be. And if, let's say Dick and I both went to the same team, we were, were the same side, we'd probably be competing for the same position. So we really did want to go to different teams. And then we got the call, Dick got the call that the New York Knicks had drafted him 10th. Dick was the 10th overall pick, and I was the 11th overall pick. The New York Knicks took Dick, and the Detroit Pistons took me. And, you know, we just, we just went with it. I had a very difficult time because when Dick went to New York and I went to Detroit, this is the first time in our lives we'd ever been separated. Right. And Dick had been dating a gal in Indiana, and they were kind of serious, and they were thinking about getting married. So he, he maybe he was a little bit more, had more of a tough skin than I did. He went to New York. And his coach was, um, he had one of the toughest, Harry Gallatin. Harry Gallatin was Dick's coach. Ask anybody who knows Harry Gallatin how tough he was, and they'll say, my gosh, how did you go through that training camp? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and I went to Detroit, <clears throat> and my coach was Dave DeBusher. He was a player coach at that time. And Dave was a wonderful guy. But I got up there, and I was so depressed and hopeful. I missed Dick so much that halfway through training camp, I was rooming with Rod Thorne, who's been with the NBA for years. I think he just retired. Ron Thorne and I were roommates in training camp, and I said, Rod, if you get up tomorrow morning and I'm not here, you'll know that I quit and went back to Indiana and went to law school because I'd been accepted to law school. So I got up about, 
I know two, three in the morning, and I left. I drove back to Indianapolis, and uh, enrolled in Indiana's law school on a Thursday. I was so depressed and so down, I didn't know what to do. So I bought all my fresh, I bought all my freshman law books on Thursday, enrolled, got up Friday morning. That's when the first day of classes started. I didn't go to one class. I got in the car. I drove back to Greenwood, Indiana. I called Dave DeBusher, and I said, Dave, will you take me back? And he said, yes, but don't ever do that again. In the meantime, Dick had been calling me from New York, and he said, Dick, get your ass back up there to Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, Billy, it's the best thing I ever did because I would have been the worst attorney in the world. And I would have hated every minute of it, so I'm so glad I went back. But Dick and I had a hard time. Uh, once we got going, I mean, we, we loved every minute of playing in the pros. And, and tell us, give the audience an idea of what was it, what was it like? I mean, I mean, was travel hard? Was, uh, uh, were the fans rough? I mean, did you have a blast? No. Everybody says, oh, those guys have got it so tough today. You've got to be kidding me. They fly in private jets. They've got locker rooms that look like the Taj Mahal. They get fed whatever they want. They get road money they don't have to spend because they get free food, and then they complain because they have to travel too much. They don't have to check, go through terminals. Okay. We got up there. We flew commercial. We had a great time. Uh, Nobody minded to travel that much. Uh, It was the most fun. I loved every minute of it, and uh, I'm trying to think. The great thing was you didn't have to study anymore. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you, and and actually, Billy, you really do get much better when you're just a hundred percent playing basketball. And Dick and I got better. We were much better after college than we were before because we were playing all the time. Plus, we gained confidence, and we had the kind of we had the kind of ability and strength that helped us become good pros. Because not every you know you look at some of these guys like a. I'll just, some of the guys don't have the strength to do it. And you can look at all over the country, you can look at these great college players that come out and they don't make it for one reason or another. Dick and I had the temperament and the kind of bodies to do it. We loved it, Billy. It was so much fun. I mean, it was, it was fabulous. You know, the one thing that, um, uh, you know, I, I never, I don't know if you thought about this as you were playing, but. Were you disappointed that you you never were on a playoff squad? Oh yes. <laughs> well, you know I hold a record. Yeah, yeah. I was I was not going to roll that out, but I was trying to. I tried Everybody to roll does, it. Billy. <laughs> Billy, don't feel badly. Everybody, I'm kind of proud of it actually, mm-hmm. because I played on some bad teams and I scored more points than anybody else that never made the playoffs, and I think that record is going to last a long time. <laughs> But, you know, what I say, I didn't matter where I was playing, or how, I always went out and gave it everything, and we had a good time. And I think the best teams I played on were Oscar and Jerry Lucas over in Cincinnati. I think we played 500 basketball. But, you know, we had to play Philadelphia 11 times. You know who their starting center was? Uh, Wilt. Wilt. <laughs> we, had to play, we had to play Boston 11 times. You know who their starting center was? Russell. Russell. And that's. Out of an eight, out of an eighty-two game schedule, that's twenty-five percent of your schedule. You're playing against Russell and Chamberlain, and not only did Russell have good guys around him, Chamberlain did. And so we had, granted, we had Lucas and me and 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 Oscar, but 
playing against Russell's like playing against him, you know, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you know, so anyway, it it was tough. We won our share of games, but I never got in a playoff game. So, yeah, I, I regret it, but again, that's life. I'm just glad I got to play 12 years. What was it like for both of you guys when you got to, had the opportunity to go back and play uh, play in Indiana? Did you, did you enjoy that, or was it was it kind of a you know was it like a homecoming? Or well, it was a homecoming. It wasn't that much fun because we were both at the end of our careers and our better years. You know, the last couple, the last year or two. Uh, well, actually, I got traded to Phoenix. I wasn't going to play that much, but after they'd gone to gone to play the Boston Celtics year before, our whole front line got injured. Alvin Adams, Garfield Hurd, and Curtis Perry got injured, so I had to play a lot. But we didn't have a very good team because all of our guys, Al, Alvin Adams got hurt most of the year, and he was a great center. So we didn't, you know, we didn't make the playoffs. I remember coming back to play at, uh, I don't know if it was called Market Arena or what it was then, but our, whole, our coach, high, uh, high, high school coach Dick Cummins came, and a lot of friends came around. It was kind of wasn't the same because we weren't on, we weren't playing as well as we used to. Were you guys? Uh, do you remember where you were when you got the call to let you know that you were inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall, Basketball Hall of Fame? And what are your thoughts on that? I don't have any idea. I really don't have any idea. You got me there, Billy. We're we're, we're obviously we're honored. You know. Well, well, let's go into the next question. Is where did the love of art come from? Uh, that both of you have. Am I am I understanding you know, that correctly? Yeah, yeah, we do. We both we both are novice artists. Uh, you know, I think we both always kind of had a creative bent. Um, but when Dick was playing for the Knicks, he would do a little doodling and, and artwork. And I've always been kind of creative in the work in the wood shop and all that. And I think it's just something we have in us that we enjoy. We're, and and we enjoy doing it. It's a, it's a nice pastime. Now, now so I think. Go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. I don't know. Everybody says, how did you guys become artistic? I think that's something that you either have a little touch for or you don't. And it doesn't mean we're, it doesn't mean you're good. It just means you like to do it and you work at it, you know? Dick, Dick has actually made a little business out of his artwork. And, in fact, I painted two hours today on my, down in my little studio. Two, two hours I'm working on a, on a little... Uh, woody car that's on the beach and it's got a surfboard on top and i'm oh, cool. doing an oil painting of that i mean i just like it cool now yeah now i heard you guys only cheated once in your lifetime right no you you did you switch baseball hats one little league league little league yes, game? We did, well yeah but we didn't cheat only once <laughs> <laughs> billy we yeah when do you know the story about the baseball hat? no but, but please I, I would like everybody to hear it well, when Dick and I were playing Little League Baseball, they, before the season, the coach had to register who is a pitcher and who isn't. Well, I was a pitcher, and I was registered, and Dick was not a registered pitcher, so he couldn't pitch. <clears throat> well, I was scheduled to play to pitch one evening, and I, I was, my arm was sore. I couldn't pitch. I had a green hat, and Dick had a red hat. We, that's how the coaches could tell us apart. And... We went behind the bleachers before the game, and we switched hats. Dick pitched the game and won. I played center field. Mom and Dad didn't even know that we switched hats. And Dick pitched the whole game and won the game. And that was illegal. So uh, we got away with it. Dick always wanted to – 
Dick always wanted to switch uniforms when we played in the NBA All-Star game against each other. And I, I think we should have done it. I, I kind of refused to, but I think we should have done it, but we never did. <laughs> <laughs> One last question before you go, but um, um, the All-Star experience, what was that like? Well, you know, for me, it was a it was really a great experience because I never got to play in a playoff game. So I remember the first time I was in an all-star game. I, I think it was the first one. I played in three of them, and I'd go in the locker room, and Will would be sitting in there. And there's Oscar. You know, and then, you know, there's uh, who else? All the famous names in basketball were sitting in there. And the first time I went in, I said, what in the heck am I doing in here? And it's just awesome because – you know, these guys that take it for granted today, I don't understand it because I think it's an honor to play in it. And it was those three years, those three times I played in the All-Star game were highlights of my career. So I I just love every second of it. In fact, the first time Dick made the All-Star team was in 1969, and I didn't make it. I could not have been any happier for him. So I went to the game in Baltimore and watched him play. And then the next year we both made it, the next year we both made it, and the next year he didn't and I did. And every year was a thrill, just a thrill. Um, how do you enjoy uh, Phoenix? Have, have you lived there? Um, how long have you guys lived out in Phoenix? Well, Dick moved here in 1968 when the Phoenix Suns became a franchise in Phoenix. So he's been here however many years that is, 50 or something, 47 <laughs> or 48. <laughs> when, he got, when they told him he was traded to Phoenix, he and his wife were living on Long Island, and they were so upset. <laughs> and Bill Shulver, the same guy that I talked about that ran the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star game, called Dick because Bill had moved to Phoenix with the Indianapolis Star News, with the Pulliam organization. Bill Shulver called my brother Dick and said, Dick, I know you're probably not happy about leaving the New York Knickerbockers, but you're going to love it out here. And he did. It's a great place. I came out here in 1972 full-time. Met my wife out here, got married, and we would close up the house in the summer, in the winter, and go back east wherever I was playing, and then come back to Phoenix in the summer. But we, we love it out here, Billy. It's, a, it's hot right now, but eight months out of the year, it's wonderful, and uh, four months out of the year, we live in air conditioning. So we love it. Well, Tom Van Arsdale, thank you so much for uh, spending an hour with us on Keeping Nostalgia Live, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I, I know everybody's going to really enjoy uh, the conversation that we had, and I thank you for your time. I know you're a very busy person. Hey, Jimmy, I love doing it. I love talking about Indiana basketball, and it's almost I'm almost 73. i got plenty of time, so don't you worry about it. And uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. You're welcome.